0: Hello, friends. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Elmwood Baptist Church. We are an independent fundamental Baptist church in Brighton, Colorado. We are so blessed to have you join us today. As we open God's word, I pray that you will be encouraged and strengthened. Our desire is for the world to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and for Christians to grow in an intimate relationship with Jesus and to serve God with their whole life. May God bless you richly as you listen today. Timothy chapter number two. At five o'clock in the morning, on the eleventh day of the eleventh month of 1918, in a railroad car outside Companion France, the armistice was signed which ended World War I. First known as Armistice Day, it was later changed to Veterans Day to honor all the veterans, both both living and dead, who have served in the military of the United States of America. These men and women that stood before us this morning are heroes. They don't think of themselves that way, but that's indeed what they are. They all sacrificed their time, their wants, some even their health, to serve the United States of America. This passage that we have in 2 Timothy that we're going to read in just a moment was written by the inspiration of God Almighty, a holy man of God. We know him as the Apostle Paul. He was a veteran of the army of the Lord. The Apostle Paul had fought in many battles. These battles had been fought for the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 17, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. The Apostle Paul bore the scars of all the fights that he had been in. He had been beaten multiple times, whipped, stoned, and left for dead. The Apostle Paul weathered all those trials and persecutions. Indeed, was a good soldier. He began his ministry at 32 years of age. As soon as he was saved, he began to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He preached for 32 years. God used him to start countless churches. By extension, Elmwood Baptist Church would not be here this morning if it were not that God used the Apostle Paul. At the age of 64, he was martyred by the hands of Nero, the Roman emperor. Paul was indeed a veteran in the army of the Lord. Nearing the end of his life, he wanted to give some final instruction to a young man who became his son in the Lord, Timothy. Timothy was a young preacher who now also was enlisted in the army of the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, and beginning in verse 1, notice what the word of God says. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. The Apostle Paul, later in this letter, which would be his final writing wanted Timothy to go forth with the things that Paul had been privileged to teach him. So Paul tells Timothy, first of all in verse 1, be strong. Be strong. Not in physical strength. That's a requirement for the United States military. But it's not a requirement for the army of the Lord. It's not a requirement to be strong in academics. To move up in the ranks of the United States military, you have to have an education. But that is not required to serve in the army of the Lord. Paul just tells Timothy here to be strong. But in what? In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. We sing about how amazing grace is. God's grace. The unmerited, undeserved favor of God Almighty. Not one human being deserves the grace of God. But if you're here this morning and you're saved, you were saved by grace through faith. It was God's grace. We didn't deserve it. He saved sinners, some of which put his own son on the cross. God's amazing grace. Throughout every battle that we face, God's undeserved favor will be there. Throughout every trial that comes along, we can depend on God's grace. Throughout every temptation that we might battle, God's grace will always be sufficient. Just like every U.S. soldier. They have the backing of the United States government. But the soldier of the Lord is not lacking. He is backed by the grace of an all-sufficient God. God's grace doesn't come from positive thinking. It doesn't come from Hare Krishna It doesn't come from Buddha. It does not come from Allah. Paul tells Timothy that the strength he needs is in Christ Jesus. There's so many people in the world that are searching for strength that they're never going to find. Strength in something in the world is always going to come up empty as time goes on. You can only find the strength that you need to live this life. And I don't care what life it is, but live in this life. You can only find the strength to do that in Jesus Christ. So Paul tells Timothy, son, be strong. And then, secondly, he tells Timothy to commit. That's still in our dictionary. There's so little commitment today. People throw away their marriages like it's garbage. People throw away their children like it's garbage. Even people throw away their churches like it's garbage. How sad. Timothy is to commit, we see in verse number two. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. (laughs) Commit can mean a lot of things, can't it? But the way Paul uses it, he uses it as something to give to another for care or for protection or for instruction. It is actually discipleship. It's the need to grow. If I just stayed at my salvation point, I would be a spiritual baby forever. Paul told Timothy, you need to commit the things that I have discipled you with. You need now to take those things and disciple others so that they can grow, so that they one day can reach others. That's the Great Commission. When you read through the books of First and 2 Timothy, you can see all the advice that the Apostle Paul has given to young Timothy. But most importantly, you see the love that Paul had for this young preacher. He thought of Timothy like a son. But in a short time that Paul had left, in earnestness as a father would be, he wanted to commit to Timothy the things that he had learned in his life from the Lord and wanted to pass them on to Timothy an inheritance. I'm not that old. But I want to tell you something. The things that I've learned the last 42 years, I want to pass them on. I'm certainly not the strongest. I'm not the smartest. But I want to commit to others what others have committed to me. I want to pass it on. One of the greatest joys of my life, is to pastor a church where my pastor is a part of. And now he's up in years. But I'll say to you, he committed to me a lot of things. And I don't want to face the Lord without that I've committed those things to someone else. So Paul tells Timothy... Not only be strong in Christ, but be ready to commit those things that you have learned. Commit those things to other faithful men that will keep them, that will go forward with them. You know, uh, a person who just educates themselves in the things of the Lord, but never imparts those things to others, is like a sponge. Once it's full... The sponge is worthless. It is not useful again until it is squeezed out. Then it can be a sponge again. We can't keep what we know about the Lord Jesus Christ to ourselves. There's too many in our families that are dying without Christ going to end up in a Christless eternity that God never intended them to go to. But too many Christians are asleep letting those that they claim to love pass right by them to a Christless eternity. Paul told Timothy, that is not to happen with you, son. That's not to happen with you. You're going to take all the things that you have learned from me from the minute that you trusted Christ until the the last minute we were together. You're going to take all those things and you're going to commit those to other faithful because they need to commit them to other faithful because they need to commit them to other faithful. And so it goes until it comes to me and until it comes to you. God help us if it stops with us. Paul tells Timothy, number three, to endure. In verse three, notice, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure when the hard times come, when the difficult times come. Preach the word. It be instant in season when everybody loves hearing you preach. Out of season when they wish you'd shut up. Preach the word. Nobody said it would be easy. Being a soldier in the Lord's army is not easy. Military life, in any branch of service, is hard. And through it all, the soldiers endured and they overcame and they won. They were victorious. Soldiers of the cross, they may be called upon to endure some real hardships. Some real difficult things. Listen to me, Christian. You need to count the cost of being a Christian. Not everybody's going to have a ticker tape parade for your Christianity. People that you work with, live with, people that that know you may not be just absolutely thrilled that you're a born-again child of God. Of all the disciples... The Apostle Paul was the only one to die a natural death. But, oh, the persecution, the torture that he faced. They boiled him in oil, and God preserved his life. When they saw that they couldn't kill him, they exiled him to a penal colony called Oh, but it was at Patmos that he had such a sweet, sweet time with the Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ revealed himself in the book of Revelation to John on Patmos. Missionaries today. We've got some missionaries in our midst. I'd like the keysters to stand for a moment. Missionaries to Italy. Amen. <clears throat> Missionaries today face great hardships. They go on a mission field having having given away their life in America to go serve on another land. Elmwood Baptist Church supports a lot of missionaries, some of which we can never tell you about. Some of which you'll never, uh, they can't be on our website. Because they're in hostile areas where if someone was looking and found them, and found out that they were missionaries supported by Elmwood Baptist Church, it would cause them great harm. Paul tells Timothy, you need to endure. Paul is writing to Timothy from his prison cell in Rome. In two more chapters, he's going to conclude by saying, that his martyrdom is near. He's going to be going home to be with the Lord. He knew it was going to happen, and may I just, may I just uh, announce that I believe that this letter did not reach Timothy before Paul was already with Jesus. Hard going to come to Christians. It's going to be hard. It's hard to to go out in the gate ministry, but it's right. It's right. And when we do it, we have God's blessing. Nearly, I'm telling you, the gate ministry has been one of the greatest ministries that we've ever begun here. the teams that are involved in that have given themselves to their task. And God has been so pleased with it that we've seen fruit nearly every week that we've had the gate ministry. But it's hard. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes Christians saying yes, yes, I will die to myself that I may serve the Lord. Because you can't serve the Lord until you are first dead to yourself. Lastly, Paul tells Timothy in verse 4, stay focused. Stay focused. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. What's he saying? He's saying, stay focused. Stay focused on what it is that you're to do. The problem in America isn't Democrats, Republicans, or what's going on in Washington, D.C. The problem in America is that Christianity is having a love affair with the world. It's been distracted. And a large part of of Christianity looks, talks, smells like the world. And it is not light and darkness any longer. And it is not salt that that is worth anything anymore that's the problem with America. Paul tells the church at Philippi
1: in Philippians
0: chapter 3 verses 14, 15, 16, 17 in Philippians 14 he says I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says that he keeps his eye on the goal. The goal He doesn't let things going on around him distract him. Peter got out of the boat. He said, Lord, bid me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the boat, and he was walking on the water. The only human being that's ever done that. And he was walking on the water and he would have walked right into the arms of Jesus. Except except he was distracted from looking at the Lord. And he began to look at all the the stormy waves around him. He, He got distracted. He moved his attention off to this one side or the other and he immediately began to sink. And as he sank, he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus was right there and caught him by the hand and then chided with him. Why is it that you have such little faith? Little faith. Christian, when we have our eyes on the Lord, we are in a position for God to use us to do almost. But when we're distracted with all the tinsel and 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 toys and baubles and jewels of the world, then we don't have our eyes on the Lord. Understand something this morning. James says that every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father. If you have a home to live in, thank God. By the way, it's not not wrong to have a nice home. If you drove a nice vehicle to church this morning, hallelujah. Praise God. By the way, it's not wrong to have a nice vehicle. And and if you have nice things in this life, things that bring joy to you, thank God. God, because it's it's not against God to have nice things. Betty and I were praying together not long ago, and we began to thank God, oh Lord, all these years you have provided for us, and Lord, you've not only provided for us the things that we had in front of us that were needs but Lord you've gone way over needs and he has blessed us with things that we never even prayed for but he saw that he wanted to bless us with them. You see that's how good our God is. That's how good he is. You see we don't have to we don't have to run to the horse troughs of the world to try to get a drink. All we got to do is keep our eyes on the Lord. He'll take care of everything else. Everything else. I know I've said this here, but I'm, I must brag on the Lord. It was several months... After I resigned the church, I was to pastor in California before I arrived here, having been called of God to come to Brighton, Colorado, an Elmwood Baptist church. Met by the original 17 people. Eight months from foreclosure on a quarter of a million dollar debt that 17 people would never be able to pay. What happened, Pastor? Well, we had faith. And that teeny tiny little mustard-grain seed faith that we had, God blessed it. But you see, I'd I'd already gone through an experience because I resigned the church in California in May and we didn't come here until September and for all those months I didn't have an income we had a house payment my wife has serious health problems we had all kinds of things that we had to take care of every single day there would come in the mail or stuck in the door something from people that loved us, most anonymously. The Knutsons sent Betty and I a love gift. It arrived the day after their 18-year-old daughter, Amber, was killed. Betty and I just would sit there and cry. We just couldn't believe it. We'd never experienced anything to that level. Every single day, every single day, every single day. I kept a diary of it. Finally, we're packed up and we're ready to make the trek from Redding, California to Brighton, Colorado. And what I did was I tallied up everything that God had provided for us from May, June, July, August, September. Five months, no payroll. Two dear ladies in Montana, one that knew me, from my pastoring days there, and one that had never met Betty and I before, were led of God to pay for Betty's health insurance for those five months. Nearly $600 a month. I added it all up. And I said, Betty, you're not going to believe this. She said, I don't believe what's already happened. I said, you know, God has provided us with $1,600 more than if I had stayed on the payroll. No flesh is going to glory in his presence. I couldn't believe it. I re-added that thing five times. came up with the same answer every time. Pastor, boy, God did that. Yes, God did that. God did that. He's able. We were staying as focused as we could. God had greater miracles than that in store for us here now. And by the way, you're on the same property that was mortgaged. And there's a couple more than 17 here today. And we've had a wonderful 19 going on 20 years. And as I've said often from this pulpit, I still feel like Betty feels the same way that we're still in the honeymoon. It's just new and fresh every day. <laughs> so Paul, he he wanted, he wanted folks to know that it's important to press toward the mark. In verse 15, he said, let us therefore as many as be perfect. That word perfect means to be mature. As be perfect, be thus minded, and if in if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. In other words, if you get out of focus, God will remind you, get your eyes back where they're supposed to be. Verse 16 he says, Nevertheless, whereinto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. We read these things that the Apostle Paul instructed Timothy to do. And in some, if, if we're not careful, sometimes we, we, we can get to the place where we wonder, boy, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, the Apostle Paul had it so difficult. Yes, he did. In the very beginning, the Lord said to Ananias, I will show him What things he must suffer for my name's sake. That was the beginning of Paul's ministry. Let me ask you this. I mean, we can sit and say, boy, I can't be Paul. I could never go through that. I'm telling you what, listen, Paul was no different than any of us here in this room. The difference was he made Jesus Christ the goal. say yeah but boy it was so hard was it worth it (laughs) oh you gotta read the end of the book who wouldn't want to trade places with Paul right now oh my verse 17 brethren be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. He's saying, hey, if you see someone else walking as I walked and as I taught you, mark them and follow their example. Now you got somebody, hey, you got somebody uh, to, to look at and someone that you can emulate. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Christian parents, By the way, that's what your kids do. They emulate whether it's good or whether it's bad. Our enemy, the devil, is a master at getting our eyes off Jesus. He knows exactly how to do it. He knows how to discourage. He knows how to disappoint. He knows how to do any number of things. He's been at it for a very long period of time. That's why you have to stay focused. In Philippians 4, Paul's in prison. He's ready to be martyred. He has only Luke, the physician, that's with him. In Philippians 4, 10... The Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica. This is one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. Paul says, To not let the things of the world entangle you. Here's the problem with falling in love with everything that the world has it's going to end then what are you going to have? If you give yourself to things that are going to end, what do you think you're going to have in the end? Paul tells Timothy, be strong, commit, endure, stay focused. Lastly, in verse 4, meet the goal the goal that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier so Timothy here you are I want you to do all this be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus commit the gospel to others endure hardness when it comes not if it comes stay focused Don't have spiritual ADD. Stay focused spiritually. Why? That we may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, was used of the Lord to pen these words. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So here it is. I mean, let's let's just look at the conclusion. Let's just look at the finality. Once it's all said and done, here it is. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty. (laughs) You know what? If we did those two things, there isn't anything else to do. Because if we did those two things, we would be doing what God wants us to do. During the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln was under a great burden. The burden was knowing that his orders had cost many unions. One morning, he met with a group of preachers for a prayer breakfast. One of those preachers said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. Lincoln responded, showing far greater insight. He said, No, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. We can say that today. God, am I on your side? Or, I'm, or am I living for something else? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, if you'll turn there, just a page over. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Paul writes, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Christian, may I ask you this morning, are you strong in the grace that is found only in Christ? Answer this for yourself. Are you committed are you committed? And in that commitment, getting the gospel to others so that they may have what you enjoy? Are you enduring hardness, the difficult, trying times that come? Or are you in retreat? Are you focused? Are you focused on what really is important? Are you focused on the goal? Thank you for listening to our sermons from Elmwood Baptist Church. If you like our ministry and want to know more, check out our website at www.elmwoodbaptist.org or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next time as we continue to study God's word and grow in his grace. God bless you, my friends.